welcome to More Than Sunday, the podcast that aims to help you on your journey of discipleship, not just on Sundays, but on every other day of the week as well. You're listening to episode 11 with me, Eve Powers and Hannah Malcolm. Hello. Hannah, this is our penultimate episode. Where has the time gone? We've really enjoyed journeying with you over this year and hope you found it as transformative for your discipleship journey as we have. Please do get in touch to share your More Than Sunday experiences. Email us at morethansunday at manchester.anglican.org or tweet using the hashtag morethansunday or join our Facebook discipleship group. Our theme this month is community. How do our own communities strengthen and uphold us in our faith and in our everyday lives? Here to discuss community with us are three fantastic guests. Coordinator of the National Interfaith Organisation Near Neighbours, based in Manchester, Samra Canwell. The Reverend Mark Coleman, who has recently retired from churches in Rochdale and who has been at the forefront of pioneering interfaith relationships. And the Reverend Nick Bundock, whose churches St James and Emmanuel have taken bold steps to become an inclusive community. Welcome to all of you. Hello. Hi. <laughs> there they are. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, firstly, as we do in every episode, we'd like to ask you, what does being a disciple mean to you? So, uh, Mark, I was wondering if we could start with you, please. Well, what about trying to be like Jesus in a place at a time, following in his ways, making Jesus as real as we can in that moment? Mm. And Nick, what about you? What does it mean to you? Um, That's a really difficult question. It is. Um, It means different things at different times. Um, But for me, I guess I'm drawn back to the original meaning of the word, because it's obviously not an English word, um, which is lifelong learner. And so, and I think that really reflects my experience that being a Christian has been a lifelong learning experience. Sometimes that's about me reaching for experiences, but sometimes it's things that happen to you. Sometimes it's responsive, sometimes it's active, um, but all the time learning, learning, learning and changing through the process. Brilliant. And Samra, um, you're a Muslim. Can you tell us what the maybe what the equivalent is in the Muslim faith of living out your faith every day? It's exactly the same as what Mark and Nick said. We follow the sayings of our prophet. We do believe that Jesus is our prophet too. Um, we follow the, um, the sayings of the recent prophet, who to us is the prophet Muhammad. And it's just the way he lived his life and the way he went about certain things in his life. They're all uh, noted down in a book of hadiths. And we just follow that book on how to be good to neighbours, friends, people that are sick, orphans travellers. Amazing, thank you. So our theme for this month is community, which um, is quite a nice sounding word, but um, it can have very broad and stretchy definitions. So I'm curious to hear from each of you what it means for you to live in community, to seek community, to try and um, um, live your life of faith in a community. Um, Samra, can we come to you first? What does what does what role does community have to play um, in faith for you? For me, is um, what I often find, or before I even went into the role of being in a communities um, interfaith organizer, was that I always lived in an area and there was never a sense of belonging. And then when you go to other countries, you always see the communities coming together for little festivals and um, 
little things and we just never saw that in my own hometown in Rochdale it, it was uh, probably happening happening but not in my local neighborhood mm. so uh, how I started off was working with young people and we often just did things to our, through our youth um, or, um, association that was uh, funded through the council and at that point um, it was when the, there was massive funding cuts and we was trying to find um, little pots of money and venues and donations that would still keep us coming together because we would rather be indoors doing something proactive than be out on the streets and causing uh, mischief and, <laughs> and also. so uh, for me it was just about uh, people you know having a sense of belonging in their communities uh, getting on with one another acknowledging one another and uh, building friendships um, and just things mm. like that mm. thank you um, how about both of you and your experience of um, working in parishes? Um, what what role does community play in your life of faith? Both maybe in your maybe in your role um, working in the church, but also for you personally. I'm glad you mentioned parish because that's one of the ideas that still excites me. The Church of England, not exclusively Church of England, but the idea of a parish, a place which is your community mm. for for a church. Um, so we have lots of communities we're part of, but this one. One, as, one particular community, the parish, is, is precious because it, it gives you a number of people to look after, to be concerned with, to speak out for, to stand alongside. Uh, so serving as a vicar, for me, that's been really exciting to have a parish and to have to come to terms and get to know that, that place that I've had uh, care of. Though that's a bit paternalistic, but let's say I belong to and mm. care for, to balance mm. it out a bit. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I really agree with you about parish. I, the longer I've been um, ordained, the more important I feel that parish is, actually. Um, I really value the community setting in which I've been placed. I've been, I've been in Didsbury for nearly 15 years, which is a long, quite a long time. But I actually now feel as though there's a real sense that people do know me, mm. not just in the church, but within the wider community. I'm, I'm known... But um, I know lots of people, and that brings with it like a huge amount of benefit to everybody. It brings cohesion. But I kind of also feel that you can talk about community, but in fact really what you're talking about within a community is a lot of smaller communities who all overlap. Mm. And, and I think that what I found over the years is that at different points in my life, I'm actually interacting with numbers of smaller communities within the bigger community of, of the parish and um, that brings its own richness because you get to really know some parts of the community or the communities that make up your larger parish community and and the benefits of are, are both ways it's not like we the church dispense our pearls to other people it's actually that we are, we grow and uh, and benefit and are enriched by other communities that we rub alongside and all three of you um, are particularly involved in in faith community of one way or another, where it's whether it's interfaith work or particularly working in in your faith context. Um, the things we've mentioned so far, I think, are, are really valuable and important. So things like particularly this concern with the local, which all three of you have mentioned, starting with your local place, and then also maybe committing to a certain group of people, committing to somewhere. Um, is there something distinctive that um, that faith brings to community life? Um, it might be a positive, it might be a challenge. Um, 
because those things of course exist and people do them whether they have faith or not but what is it about having a faith or what does your faith bring to your understanding of your role in community life for me what i find is that uh, you do find the groups that are really willing to get involved and some way or the other their faith uh, does bring out um the the commitment of bringing people together for example and not only just in Rochdale but i'm going to give an example of Rochdale because Reverend Marks Marks here as well and he's largely involved in some of the work that is happening there that we embrace cultures really really well in Rochdale mm. for example um you know the muslims observe the fasts um during ramadan and um every um, i think in ramadan we must have at least 10 events a year uh, where uh, the muslim community or the local community is doing a fast break and this year i don't know if you came mark Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Mark came to uh, uh, the police station. The police uh, station hosted a, an iftar meal mm. for uh, the community, and it wasn't specifically targeted at just the Muslim community. They just um, did a, a break the fast with everyone uh, within the community, and they just invited a selective amount of people to come to the police station. But not only that, uh, before I came into my post as a, a near neighbours coordinator for Greater Manchester, me and my friends. Uh, it was when the MEN Arena attack happened that we wanted to show, show solidarity with all the victims and the families mm. and all those that are experiencing hate crime uh, because of the aftermath of the attack. Me and my friends just did a big iftar meal in the Rochdale Town Hall mm. and the whole community really embraced it. Uh, we, we only had five days to organise it. We was given a, a decent venue, donations of food, so many volunteers. We had around 350 people in the room together and it was just to show unity and solidarity that we won't let hate divide us mm. and um, as well as that we had a rabbi we had a, a reverend we had a, an imam that spoke about um fasts in their own faiths mm. because all the three faiths have observed fat, fats, fasting in um, their faith uh, in different ways so we all spoke a little bit about that and how we should show unity and neighbours and community so the whole thing uh, the whole atmosphere was very vibrant and from there the third year on this year we did another one mm. and we, we are hoping to do another one although Mark will be missed <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's something there's something really powerful there then about like the ways that faith communities have we have um, ritual that we follow through the year we have things that bring us together because of things that we we celebrate things we mourn times of repentance times of worship that mean we we come together with something bigger than ourselves in mind and that brings different kinds of people together um, as a way that faith can build community Um, Nick I'm wondering if that resonates with you or if there are other ways that um, community has a particular um, power in your experience of being a disciple or what what role community has to play in that well i can't really imagine being a christian without community Mm. i'm not sure that i'm not sure how that really works i know there are periods (coughs) in people's lives where they get more distant from a church community or um you know something particular happens where they can't interact very easily with a faith community but for me, I think it's and it's partly my experience the the fact that there are people around who know you, who pray with you, who go through the big events of a community's life together, brings a richness 
because everybody has different gifts and skills. I mean, in 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 the Bible, Paul talks about the body having many parts, mm-hmm. and each part has a different plays a different role. And and I think that's what happens in community is that the different strengths and the weaknesses and the gifts come together so that the sum is greater than the parts. Mm. And and for me, that's what makes a faith community such an important plank within the life of our bigger communities, because without that, the kind of the structure is not so much there. And I just look at the way in which if somebody's bereaved or going through a hard time, the way the community rallies round, like we have like yeah. a thing called Meals in a Crisis. So if somebody's going through a really hard time, it's all organised online and meals are lined up and they get taken round to that person's house for a couple of weeks and the dish is collected. And without that, what's going to, you know, that that's, that's a huge gift to somebody in a time of need. So what would life be like without it? That's true. And I, I found that sort of experience of being part of those communities really nourishing. And there's another level for me in, in Rochdale, for example, but in my other parishes too, I've experienced it, where it's almost like the question, for example, homelessness was an issue when I first arrived. Lots of homeless people, lots of lovely people responding with, with real love in their hearts. Some people of faith, other people just of no declared faith, but some faith in a better world, a vision of how things could be. So being part of new communities that come together around an issue or a cause mm. has been really nourishing, and that crosses faith. But faith is in it. It's not. I have heard one of my parishioners say about me that he thinks he's a social worker. But I, <laughs> what I'm doing is, yes, it's for the society, but it's absolutely about faith. It's because I love God and God loves all of us, and whatever language we mm. use, it's all about love. Mm. Um, so faith is there at the heart of these social questions, I think. Mm. Mm. So everything that you three have said makes community sound like an absolute dream, (laughs) which makes me wonder why we don't just all wonderfully embrace community all the time and just um, find that we're all in communities and that, that nobody is left out. Why is it that we struggle so much, both, I think, to... Um, enter communities ourselves so we've talked a little bit about maybe people finding it difficult to go to church for a period of time to to go go to a community and join it why is that so hard for us and then also why is it so hard to stay with a community of people um, outside of like maybe one-off gatherings because I think they can be really powerful and beautiful but how can we do community in a way that means people feel able to stick around, um, mm. that they feel welcomed in a way that is for the long haul? Any well, ideas? Nobody's saying that community is easy. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's quite costly. I mean, sometimes people dip out of community because, like, say they have a really, a really traumatic bereavement. Actually, at that kind of time in your life, it can be quite hard to be around other people and you just need a bit of space um, and that's kind of like an understandable withdrawal from community just to heal um, but you know other times you can have and it does happen dysfunctional communities not all just because it's a community doesn't necessarily mean it's a healthy community and sometimes communities can be dysfunctional um, and we've probably all to an extent experienced those and nobody wants to really hang around a dysfunctional community Um, and I think one of the things that those of us who have pastoral responsibility within our own communities are constantly aware of the need 
to uh, some I sometimes say what you know people say what's the role of a vicar and I say well, often it's a referee um, <laughs> because actually you're trying to bring in a sense of wholeness and balance and a different voice when sometimes community can become a more dysfunctional place and part of our, our role is to, to help it to be very healthy in terms of di dynamics between people so I think if things go awry then that's why sometimes people clear off yeah also adding on to that point is that in my experience working across greater manchester what i find is that the churches that are in diverse parishes they often if they um, get the community involved in terms of organizing and leading which mark does as well and uh, that really engages the community to do more mm -hmm. um, for example, uh, you have the global conversations running and even somewhere else in Oldham, they, uh, they're in a very diverse parish and they're constantly saying to them, what do you want to do? And then even having new visitors all the time and always keeping them in the loop and keeping really interested and offering them opportunities, for example, courses that are available and giving them the ability and training to be able to lead the initiative that the community is that, that's to a address. good example. Uh, Samra's talking about this group of asylum seekers that have gathered round churches and other uh, institutions in Rochdale. And yes, there's a need for leadership, refereeing occasionally, but there's plenty of people who can do that. Mm. So it's almost about saying, well, who's going to run with this particular baton at the moment? Mm. Who's going to yeah. organise the trip to the seaside? Or yeah. the, the, the woman from the theatre company to come and do some teaching about drama skills? And yes. So... Yes, it just needs a little bit of sharing out. Yeah. But there's something about learning those skills of working together yeah. um, and not getting upset when somebody falls out with you, I guess, but and yeah. trying to build peace. And mm. yeah. That's where the faith helps, doesn't it, yeah. I think? So I often get, like, in the most rural areas, I often get people saying to me, oh, this place is very vibrant and our area's not so. And then we try and arrange some exchange visits and mm. these are with parishes and then they're able to share knowledge that way and it just keeps them a little bit more motivated to continue to, the, continue to do the fantastic work mm. that they are doing. But I think that in terms of what you often get is the usual suspect that are leading on the work and when they go off for a while right. and then the work doesn't seem to continue or even so, um, you know, things really demotivate and there's a lack of sometimes trust within communities because they feel like they're not being heard and sometimes it's just good to get local stakeholders around the table, for example, the police, uh, local authorities, just to have the concerns heard because so often these people often have someone else that speaks for them and mm. the, the, the uh, participants and service users don't often, the grassroots don't often get to have their voices heard uh, directly with people on the top. Mm. So I think that really motivates some people to continue doing a bit more. Mm. So um, all three of you, I'm in different ways, basically devote your working life to community of one form or another. What is the point of community? What are we aiming for? And does your faith inform what you think it's for? Like why are we doing it? And, and do you think your faith tells you anything about that? There's something for me, uh, this is going to sound a little extreme, cosmic about, you know, when a few asylum seekers gather at St Chad's Church uh, with local parishioners, people from the town, and we have a cup of tea and talk about things and listen to each other, that's of cosmic importance. This is the this is the kingdom of God to use a mm. bit of religious language or this is the new the new heaven and the new earth that we dream of, you know. It's a little acting out of a moment uh, mm. of of hope 
in a place that can be very dreary and despairing. So whatever our faith language we might use, it's more than just a cup of tea or a project. It's, it's of cosmic importance. So there is faith behind these. If you're to do it well, and mm. let Christians would use the Holy Spirit here, let, let some spirit come into this, uh, then you need, it, 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 you need to approach it with an openness and a delight and maybe a bit of prayer as well. Mm. I think it's really. A, a, I think the question is really interesting because, I mean, I I've, I spend um, quite a lot of time um, every other year in Uganda, and if you were to say to them, you know, what's the value of community? Why do we do it? They'd look at you kind of blankly, yeah. because like for for people in most of the world, there is no option of not being in community community is a, a natural state of being a bit like breathing um and it's only in the kind of post-industrial west that the question even needs to be asked because to be in community is to be a human being you know, and i think there's something about the fact that we are are now so atomized um and individualized that we even think that's a relevant question yeah. because it's absolutely fundamental to human well-being to be in a community. And the interesting thing, and I think one of the things that certainly Christian communities and other faith communities bring to the world is that we have actually managed to retain the vitality of community in a world where we talk about loneliness and isolation where other cultures would have n virtually no concept of that in the same way because mm -hmm. they live with neighbours, they live with extended families, and they would look at our situation as being impoverished. Mm. And so I think it's f it's actually more fascinating. The question is more fascinating yeah. than the answer. Yeah, mm. and, and I think that's something that um, is odd because that's actually a question that people will ask themselves when they go into a community, right? So we, we tend to approach a lot of community experiences as what will I get out of this? Mm. You know, what what will I learn? What connections will I make? What big thing will be achieved because I've gathered in this place, yeah. you know? And we often actually approach church that way too. Cost benefit. Right, like is yeah. there a cost benefit? As opposed to thinking actually, well not even thinking about it, that, mm. that I'm supposed to be relating to other people and that if, yeah. if I'm not doing that, something is a bit broken. Um, that needs to be fixed that the end of it is the other person not something beyond them that I'm going to get out of that person yeah. um, and you know even within our faith communities that can be something we really struggle to, well, to internalise yeah if, I mean I, I can really identify with that I mean Didsbury is um, a, a pretty affluent professional environment and um, it's very easy to bring a, almost like a corporate mentality into church I you know I give money um, you're paid to be the vicar. Mm -hmm. um, this is what this is the kind of quality I expect from my church. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and, and if I if I'm not happy with how things went on Sunday, it, there'll be the Monday morning email. And it's kind <laughs> of like bringing in a corporatist, consumerist mm. mentality. And I've had to say to people at times, this is not a branch of John Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against John Lewis. I shop there myself. But this is not the custom relation department for God. You know, we are actually a, a, a living, breathing, sometimes slightly dirty, messy, 
mixed up group of people and that's what you're buying into here and it is not like other things that you're used to in the world mm. and it's actually we're almost losing the language mm. for it mm. I found that moving to cities so mm. I come from the countryside um, where everybody knows your business everybody knows your name I pretty much come from the archers mm. if, 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 <laughs> as my accent tells you um, but everybody in much when not knows what's going on mm. with everybody else in much Wenlock. it's a it's a community centered around our parish church yeah. not everybody goes to the church not everybody believes in god but that is everybody's church and everyone is very possessive of that building yeah. um and it's the kind of place where people care about you and if you don't turn up people notice mm. and then moving to a city it's a whole different thing. Yeah. And, of course, we've got an urban diocese we, for the most have, part here. But one of the blessings about being in a diverse community, one of the blessings of being in Rochdale, um, um, Samra's imam from the mosque you go to is a good friend of mine, yes. and he tells me about his family came from villages in Kashmir, mm. as many of from yeah. that mosque do. Also like the archers, yeah. I've heard. Also like the archers, <laughs> the archers in Kashmir. But you've got people who live together. The, the, the village in Kashmir has been replicated in Rochdale, so there's still some remnants mm. of that uh, close community. So we can learn from other cultures and yeah. religious practices and communities. Absolutely. It reminds us of what we've lost a bit in our atomized uh, and lifestyle. Recreating it and knowing how to find it. I think for me, church in, in my new urban life has been a godsend, if you will. It's yeah. been, it's been mm. a re finding of community that I needed. I felt like I'm, you know, I missed it. I did feel lonely until I found a church. Mm. not just a church but a kind of a whole community that I could be mm. part of. So we've talked about this need for community. We've talked a little bit about the the different ways that it shapes um our like shapes faith and the way that faith can shape that and and we've also touched on some of the difficulties. Um and I'm curious Samra whether you'd be willing to share um what you've learned from doing interfaith work with different kinds of communities. So we're not just talking about difficulties within one community, but also building relationships between different communities in order to try and build a bigger sense of belonging to something um, that multiple communities are part of. Um, I wonder if you'd be willing to talk about the challenges of that and the things you've learned from navigating that. As doing this post, it's always a learning curve and I'm sure everything that we do um, in terms of everything in our lives is always a learning curve and we're always constantly learning uh, from the people that we're working with and the communities that we are uh, based in. Um, but one thing I do find really challenging is that um, social media does conflict uh, some of the groups that we work with, especially mm. with the hate that uh, that's incited um across social media um, as well as uh, some of the national conflicts that are happening. Hmm. So a lot of the community groups that I work with have uh, certain issues. Some are very happy and still are willing to engage, whereas others are having... It's like an inter-conflict between one mm -hmm. community group and it's hindering um, that community group to successfully work with the remainder uh, of groups. So I do find national conflicts and mm. social media um, that are causing conflict to our communities across Greater Manchester. But uh, similarly, there's also fantastic work happening. For example, in Manchester, Trafford, there's a church that does homelessness and the local Gurdwara and the mosque provide food. And then even in... Um, 
the areas there's there's been an issue that the local community has identified for example for example a mosque and a church in terms of refugees or litter picking something that they've both been really passionate about based in the same parish and they've come together to resolve that issue in terms of litter picking or reducing um isolation loneliness you know more integration Mm -hmm. and just showing positivity coming across uh, above all the hate that is incited but yeah i think social media national conflicts do cause a rift in our communities i don't know if you guys find the same well i think they do because yes those same sort of issues sexuality and things like that you know, cause arguments and debates in synods and and social media, but in a way parking those to one side and then saying, what can we do across our differences of faith or tradition in church? What can we do to positive together and create our own little bit of of hope of of the new new world? Um, So there's a lot to be said for ignoring issues. For, for, for a period, anyway, I think. And there's something interesting coming out there about that we, we're not just our local community identity, that we bring a whole load of baggage with us that is mm. connected to other communities that we belong to. So yeah. that might be that might be our ethnicity, that might be our national identity, that might be um, that we have family that's part of a community overseas, it might mm. be um, a place we used to live, all those different bits of us also get brought to the table when we enter a local community and yeah it's it's a funny thing isn't it about just putting stuff to one side and and how we balance that that difficulty in building community where you don't want to just ignore all the baggage because it you can't ignore it forever Mm. um but then having the wisdom to know when do we explore this stuff and talk about it and Mm. and learn from each other through it and when do we put it down and think about what things we share and also where we're trying to get to. Um, And in my experience of living in communities, both like intentional communities, really small scale, committed to the same number of people for a short period of time or a longer period of time, and then also being in church communities, I think that having that wisdom is central to to functioning community, having the wisdom to know when to pick up and when to put down Mm. and, and when to forgive difference that you can't resolve and then also when there's opportunity for dialogue mm. i don't know whether or not that resonates with oh, you oh it so yeah. does so true. oh i mean it's just been the story of the last five years of our church's mm. life because um we had to pick up the really thorny topic of human sexuality and it was unavoidable for us we we were in a very difficult situation and we had to talk about it and what we discovered was there was a lot of baggage that people brought a lot of past history of ideas of concepts prejudices all sorts of things and we really had to challenge each other um, very openly honestly very deep conversations and actually at the end of that process it wasn't that everybody actually agreed Mm. but we've we've learned something that i think um i think it might be the quakers call yielded consensus which is that not everybody agrees necessarily, but those that but that people go with the majority feeling, um, in a, and it requires a humility of being able to yield to where the church is feeling called to go, um, and remain in community with those that we disagree with, and it's it's a profound process, uh, not an easy one, 
but it is true you can't always just go around you can't it, the, you can't just continually pretend that issues don't exist sometimes you do have to confront them mm. yeah this has been really fascinating. I wonder if I can ask one more quite tricky question, which is because you feel like a panel of experts on this a little bit. Um, what would be if someone listening was like, I really want to be better at living in community with people. I really want to get involved. I just feel a bit lost. I don't feel like I belong enough to a community um, to know where to start. What would be your piece of advice to someone listening who's like, I like the sound of trying this more, but I don't know where to start? Well, I'm sure we all do a lot of events and all are involved or, or exposed to a large network across Greater Manchester that do a lot of inclusive, diverse, interfaith events. And I, I go to loads all the time, <laughs> so I'm happy to share any information. I'm happy to advise. I'm happy to support. Mm. So we will just send everyone to Samra. <laughs> we'll also uh, lot, we'll, we'll try and we'll try and put some links in that Samra Definitely. can share with us for events coming up. If people are going, I just want to go to something yeah. and try it out. That's fantastic. And also, if people do have little initiatives and near neighbours, we support grassroots mm. level work. So it's always based on little initiatives that people come to us with, and we just support them to develop that initiative. So I am happy to answer any questions or support in that fantastic. term. I would say it's all about family, not the blood family, but this new family of which we're all part. Mm. Um, And I think faith gives us that idea of being part of, you know, the body of Christ or the the Ummah or, you know, where you're part of this new community. But it's even bigger than that, isn't it? Because we're all, we, we all depend on each other. It's an environmental thing, really. We are all brothers and sisters in one sense. And if we accept that and stop being worried about how do I speak to this person because they're of another faith to me or... You know, if we can try and get over some anxieties or ask them, you know, share the anxieties and find a way through them and just say we are family, really. So uh, I know there was uh, one person who was particularly anxious about things and causing a bit of grief in our community, in our church community at one point. And this wise woman, much wiser than me, said, well, I just treat her like my ma. (laughs) And, of course, that's the way to do it. Yes, rather than see this person as a problem, Mm. again, that's your corporate consumerist culture, I want things sorted out my way, Mm. this person is part of the family. We've just got to get on. We are brothers and sisters. So if we can somehow get, get that idea, it's it frees us from all sorts of anxieties. Thank you. Nick? Oh, gosh, it's just a really hard question. Um... (laughs) Because obviously, you know, I'd want to say if you've never tried a, a church, go and try it. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, you've got nothing to lose. Mm. You know, you might really love it. But I think what makes people stay in a new community, whether it's whether it's a faith community or whether it's, you know, like, you know, somebody that likes playing board games or yeah. whatever, is is there's this quality that certainly this word we have in in Christianity, grace, which you can't quite put your fingers on what it is, but you know that you're deeply loved for who you are with absolutely no strings attached. That doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but you've got this deep sense of grace. And if you walk into any community and you suddenly feel like you've come home, then you probably know you're in the right place. It won't always be plain sailing. And I would say that it, whatever those communities look like, those are communities worth belonging to. 
Thank you. Thank you, all three of you, for so much thoughtful um, stuff that you said and also all the experience you brought to the table. It's been a really great conversation. Um, we finish each episode with some suggested actions people might want to take this month as they reflect on community. So um, to try and take those steps to build community, to try it out for themselves. So one thing that's come out of this conversation is, well, visit a community that you'd like to join try being part of somewhere if that's something you're looking for and we'll try and share some links um, in the email that goes out um, suggestions for interfaith events that Samra can give us coming up um, and also um, if you want to find a church near you, you we can um, share details of how to do that um, so as always let us know how you get on um, there may be other actions you decide to take that we haven't mentioned we'd love to hear about those too um, and thank you again so much to each of you for joining us today thanks thank you thank you Thank you for listening to More Than Sunday. We'll be back next month when our final theme will be Invitation.